0: Hey, this is Richie Marufo from the Barbed Wire Open Mic Series, aka Bwoms, and you're listening to the El Paso Creators Podcast Show. If you haven't already, make sure to follow them on Instagram, YouTube, and other social media. Without further ado, here's the show. Check it. Hi, this is Billy Towns, and I'm happy to be here today. Uh, thank you, Isaac, on the El Paso Creative Podcast Show, and. Um, Isaac, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about uh, you know my, my my background, my bio, and the stuff that I have coming up too, so uh, it's going to be
1: fun. Of course, of course. I'm very excited to talk about your whole different background and everything you've done and accomplished in your whole jazz career, but even your music career and also your film production career. Mm-hmm. So just to give myself a quick introduction, hey guys, my name is Isaac Hernandez. I'm your host for the Opas Creators Podcast Show. And so, Billy, just for anybody who doesn't know who you are, or what you do, just give yourself like a quick two, three minute introduction of who you are and what you do.
0: Okay. Uh, basically, for the most part, um, I am a professional musician and I've played around the Southwest and the United States and, and beyond for, gosh, Ooh, about 20, 35 years now, about 35 years. And I play professionally, especially here in El Paso. And I'm also a professor at the El Paso Community College and at UTEP. I teach jazz performance for high school students at Coronado High School and for the other school districts. Uh, and I also adjudicate jazz festivals. And, and my latest thing, which we'll talk about, of course, is uh, I'm a film producer and director of uh, feature films. And the latest one that's coming up is Borderlords 3, Bloodlines. And uh, you know what? Uh, I've been doing it for a long time, and the better, more I do it, Isaac, the more it goes along, the more fun I have because you just learn how to have fun and learn how to get it right and learn how to get it out to the public. So uh, it's been a journey. It's been a journey.
1: Absolutely, I agree. And what I what I really like about because I want to touch into your journey and how you grew up in the music career and how you learned, especially like mm-hmm. going to mm-hmm. different countries and things like that. But what I really like about what you said is that you're also a teacher and an advocate to teach other people about yes, the creative very industry, much. The art industry. So I'll, I guess that kind of ties into like how you grew up and how you were taught that and how you going through that experience is why you're probably doing it now. And you're, you're doing, you're giving it back to like teaching people. So let's yeah. touch a little bit about your, your whole background on like what got you into music, uh, jazz. And I also saw the piano in there. So what, what really got you started? How did you get started?
0: Okay. Basically uh, when it comes down, when you break it, the DNA down, my mother was a piano teacher and uh so practically coming out of the womb isaac you know i was playing piano so much but she was a piano teacher she got us started awesome and uh so that's my music background and watching her play throughout my whole life you know when she was alive uh uh you know it was just so inspirational and she was she was a classical player and she loved jazz and then her playing all the pop tunes and and broadway tunes and everything she loved those got me into playing those and of course Gravitating towards jazz, which I really got into at high school, at Urban High School. I'm an Urban High School graduate, and my band director, Jimmy Olivas, who I'll be playing with tonight at Landry's. You know, we still play together. Uh, he's the one that really pushed me towards of, of really getting into jazz, and the rest was history. Loved it, um, and then I just studied it more, played more in college, and really studied the genre to what I wanted to get out of it as a piano player and uh, took some lessons in uh, Arizona, uh, went to a semester at Berkeley in Boston, uh, and just learned over, talked to a lot of people from LA, practiced on my own. Uh, I took a a semester after I graduated college from Embry-Riddle at UTEP of playing drums in, 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 in the rhythm section at the UTEP for the UTEP Lab Band. Yes, I didn't say playing drums. Ruben Gutierrez was playing piano. But I played drums when I was in high school. So I still had those chops back then. But you learn, you learn how to become part of a rhythm section, and it carries over to my piano playing. So, um, yeah, it just, you know, I, I just, it's just, it's just ever learning, ever listening to music, ever watching how the professionals are doing it and applying it to your technique, everything. It's just all this absorption going on. And uh, it just goes on and on and on. I still do it these days. I still love listening to music. I still love practicing. I've, of course, I got a grand piano downstairs in my studio. So, you know, you get into your own world, and practice on your voice, practice on your sound. And But now it's now mixed in with, now I'm so busy teaching, yeah. uh, teaching. I'm so busy recording, I'm so busy making films. So yeah, I still practice, but there's a lot of other facets that go on too.
1: And, and how do you see, would you say that, music has the bigger role in your life or is it productions i'm pretty sure it might be music right that has like you know what
0: you know what you're not you're the second or third person that's asked me that over the past two weeks because border lords the film's coming out and a lot of people think oh he's getting away from music and uh uh, going into film production let me set this set the record straight right here i'm going to play music to the day i die probably the day i die. the night before i'm gonna have a gig i love music (laughs) it's in my passion however uh, my dad got me into film, loving film, and he and I always watched films and everything. So I've always loved films, always fascinated how the way they were made, et cetera. I used to make animated cartoons when I was young, and I'm fascinated by just filmmaking, cartoon making, movie making, Hollywood, a whole thing. And that's what drives me as far as making films. And I love independent film and everything. So, yeah, I like it. And Warlords is my what fourth feature. We've been doing it for 25 years now, what and uh, we're, we're going to continue, but it's just so much work. But you know, it, it's it's one of those things that where you know, we put thanks to the pandemic, we, it took us like four or five years, but generally it takes about two years. We put a lot into it, and then we take a break. So, what, go more what, to music. So,
1: what is Borderlands about? What got you inspired to make that Border part? Lords?
0: Yeah, people oh, make that oh. mistake. Border Lords, not Borderlands, Border Lords. Don't worry, uh, oh. no, it's a common mistake. Border Lords is a fictional a crime drama it has been going on for 20 years. We started Boardlords 1 in 2002, Boardlords 2 came out in 2009, and now uh, Thursday, December 23rd, at the Plaza Theater downtown, we're gonna premiere Boardlords 3, Bloodlines. And it's about, uh, it started off as a fictional crime family here in El Paso vying for power. You know, power, not only drugs, but just power in general here on the border. And there's a lot of other, other elements involved that comes from out of town and everything and uh it's not only saccadios and, and the hispanic culture we have you know we have the black culture black panthers uh we have people coming in from europe the mafia everything it's all mixed in That's our awesome. crazy twisted story that we came up with and you got to see the third one how we took it too
1: i'm excited i'm excited and so I, w- with that i want to touch into any music artists or any film producers that are watching um how is your creative process like what really inspires you and how do you get going on really producing anything that you do? Where do you get your inspiration?
0: Anything that I do. First of all, uh, it comes with an idea. I watch, I get ideas. I watch film. I watched a lot of film before we, we started writing the screenplay for Border Lords. You know, so, but let me try the music. For the music part, it just comes with hearing something, getting an idea anywhere. A lot of my songs, I get, you know, I don't know if I should be saying, I get in the shower. I'm just thinking music. I think music a lot. And, and I come up with an idea and everything. And I got one of my most popular tunes, Snowbound. Was in the shower on a Saturday morning, and then I go immediately after I get dressed. Of course, you know, uh, I, I go immediately and 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 uh, write down the idea, the musical idea. Now with software, we can do it on our computers, yeah. and then we develop it. From there, we just develop the idea, develop the melody, develop the sound, develop the rhythm, and then it evolves into a song or a demo of a song. And from there, I bounce it off other of musicians, and it just evolves even more. So that's more or less how I get the idea for my music on doing that, it really comes. And then when I'm playing, you know, when I'm playing gigs or whatever, I say, hey, I like what I did there. So I save it, I record it and everything. And it just grows from ideas, ideas. I got that, I got that kind of technique from Chuck Mangione, which I saw him in an interview. And he says, yeah, he has all these box of rhythms and ideas. He pulls out and he brings and he just creates songs around him. I do the same thing too. I have all these ideas on my computer and everything. I say, okay, starting my new album. Let me see what I thought about a couple of years ago. And then it just keeps on developing. And I got right now in the can about, 15 to 20 songs in the can for developing. So that's how I do it with the music, you know, and then other watching other musicians that gives me ideas and inspiration for film. It's just, you know, watching film, coming up with an idea. And then with my, the producer, Mark Love, we just talk, Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. And then we just brainstorm. And then it just goes from there with the screenplay and then getting the, you know, getting all the production together and everything, casting and it just builds and builds and builds. It's, it's a harrowing process, but it's fun. It's a labor of love.
1: What I really love about film is that, like, you, you can imagine anything and bring it to life, like, literally anything that you can set your mind to and everything, too. I also wanted
0: to... Yeah, you can.
1: Yeah. yeah, you really can. I want to touch back to how you grew up in New York, and then you left to Japan, and you came here in El Paso. How was that whole shift for you? How was that whole... Um- uh, for, for
0: Well, the, the New York part, I barely remember. I was about a year old. <laughs> and, and things come into focus when, you know, basically, born in New York. My dad got shipped to Germany. We took a ship back in those days to Germany, according to my mom, and I was crying the whole way. Uh, And then got to Germany, stayed a few months in Germany, and then my dad got transferred to Okinawa and took a ship, and check this out, woo! We took a ship from Europe all the way to Japan and that's going through the Panama Canal. That's when the Panama Canal was made way before then, I'm not that old, but we took a ship through the Panama Canal and ended up in, in Japan. And from what my mom told me, it was like about, about a four or five day trip, you know? Because back in those days, you know, army families took uh, ships, you know, military ships and everything. Crazy. And then we were in, in Japan and that's when I have my first more or less cognitive thought remembering Japan and loving the music, loving the culture. I, this day, Asian foods is one of my favorite foods. Um, and coming from Japan, my dad got stationed here he had his choice, either El Paso or North Carolina. Voila, you know. So we're here, and uh, we came here in, in the seventies, and uh, you know, uh, went to school here, grew up here, everything. I'm gonna, I, I call myself an El Paso, and I got my, you know, and, and and really started loving music here, you know, yeah. thanks to my mom, of course. But really started loving the culture, the music, jazz, everything.
1: And how did you see that all shape and like really help out your music career when you were building it here?
0: Uh, just experiences. Uh, yeah. You know, my dad loved R&B. He listened to R&B all the time. So, you know, (laughs) uh, let's face it, if you're African-American, chances are your father or grandfather listened to the classic R&B artists of yesteryear, and you grew up listening to that, and I'm no different, my family and everything. And R&B just got soaked up in me. I love it, and it shows in my music, and that kind of cultivated me. And then, of course, playing in band, you know, at uh, Canyon Hills Middle School and at Urban High School, that really developed the music chops, the learning, uh, the music theory, all that stuff that went behind it. And, and when I was a senior in high school, I wrote my first, uh, my first uh, uh, jazz arrangement and went from there. And it was, it was exciting times because I just loved music. We played it all the time.
1: Like and you ended up going also internationally and nationally with the, with your Sun City nights. What What is that about? And Sun City at night, what is that about and everything? Like yeah. Sun
0: City at night was probably, yeah, the, probably the first one that went national that we put on a national I was with the Voyager uh, recording label back in uh, the late 80s, early 90s. And thanks to them, uh, they, top-notch mixing, top-notch production, top-notch mastering. And then that's the one that just, uh, you know, that kind of catapulted me on, you know, that level to where it did very well here in the past of the region. And then it was the first one to be picked up by European radio stations, by J- J- Japan radio stations. And from there, we you know, that that's when I got... I got the uh, uh, you know uh, uh, got the buzz you know and got the itis to make more music and we started I made a lot of music in those back in those days in the 90s of uh, putting out albums uh, Modern Session we put out uh, 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 Nocturnal we put out uh, Embrace uh, Living for Your Love etc cetera, etc cetera. and then I got with a record label after that I got it with a record label in Europe that really got it all over the world I mean it was great it got a lot of notoriety. Uh, Thanks to Sun City Night, and, and it still does well today. Got a lot of notoriety from uh, producing uh, and recording those songs. And from there, you know, especially at, in Tornillo at Sonic Ranch, learned a lot about production and how to really put down music, the best way to put down music, and the more efficient and more musical way to uh, record a record. Learned a lot out there.
1: And, and I heard a lot about Sonic Ranch, too. I hear a lot of mentions about it. Oh, yeah. And it really helped shape
0: they it. They are the best, probably the best studio, definitely within the Southwest. You know, a yeah. lot of top artists go out there to record
1: I agree. And also, I also want to talk about your Billy Towns collection as well. The mm-hmm. me- what you put out there, why you put it out there, and the special meaning behind the whole Billy Towns collection.
0: Yeah, that, good question. Um, we put out, I would say before the Billy Towns collection, I had, what, four or five albums out? So uh, people were asking, you know, for, hey, man, we want to get this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. So I just took the top most played songs from each of those albums and made a collection, you know, of it. I think it's about, Oh, well, like, let me cut, okay. I got a sheet. <laughs> Here it is, by the way. got a sheet. Awesome, cool. Uh, it is 16 tunes. 16. 16 tunes, and uh, we put together, did very well, and that was one of my first one on Shade Records, when we developed Shade Records, one of the first
1: ones. And, and I read about shape Records. That was one of your first record labels you put out, or?
0: that, that Actually, my third record label, but my first one that I totally, we, we owned Myself and Steve McKay came back in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, we said, "Hey, we can do this. We have an idea. We got a lot of experience, learned about distributing. Back in those days, you distributed by hand in record stores, Of course obviously, it's different now. but uh, we learned that, and then we put it together. we you know we we had a plan. I always have a plan for everything. We had a plan. We put together Shade records and and it did very well, and it still goes on. I, you know, all my albums are released on Shade Records, and now we could expand it. Shade Films has
1: warlords, of course. And and if, uh, you uh, one, if you were to pick, if you were to pick like, one, if you were to pick one song in your collection or your albums, which one would you pick that has the most strongest meaning to you? And what do you hope that people get? Probably out?
0: Sun City at night. Can we play that a lot. Sun City. It was dedicated to my mom and everything. Sun City night. You know, that's, probably that's easily the strongest one because yeah. we played a lot and it has a lot of meaning. and Wrote it for my mother and all that. Hmm. So um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Shade Records came along and um, God, Shade Records is going on. 20, what, 24 years now, 24 years. Yeah, yeah. and it's still hitting big, right? Yeah, we, and now, you know, expanded with Shea Films, and who knows, we're gonna, we, we have Border Lords, we're planning on getting on Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff, so, awesome. you know, uh, everything yields something. So.
1: And th- throughout your whole journey and your successful, like, path, what challenges did you really face, maybe some type of sacrifices you had to make to keep going, that really, that you're glad that you pushed through because something big came out of that? Of course, I. Everything- uh, you never see like maybe your failures or your hardships
0: um uh probably uh, well it, it, it's it's maybe i've been very busy on that. the sacrifices probably your time with your family a little bit but even though i'm with them a lot but it's like you know it's a lot of work to do this and and let's face it something about three or four of us within this whole thing and it was more back then but the p- pandemic has kind of whittled us down i mean enough said there so it's just, you know, it's just so much work, but I, I love to do it, you know, so much work and everything and, and uh, you know, um, probably more practice, probably put in more practice time and everything. But, but, it, but, but generally, I, I, looking back, I have no real regrets. I love it because I paced myself and I'm, I'm proud, patting myself on the back, that I've kind of paced myself and planned on a few things to make sure everything works out. It's not perfect. But it's been working okay it's been working okay
1: and it always goes back to like if you're loving what you're doing every day it is it it doesn't get hard for you you enjoy that it it gets oh yeah that's exactly like hard
0: yeah i I mean there's a lot of work creating music playing uh and and doing film and everything it's a lot of work but it's you know it's passion you know you gotta love it and teaching i love (laughs) teaching Uh, you know i look forward with teaching my students and both in and and teaching them at epcc with audio production and film and, rec- I, I, and learning how to use software. And at Coronado High School, the, you know, the young jazz musicians love that too, love that too. So.
1: And then how important do you think it is for any individual to, to stay creative? I've seen a lot of friends of mine who like, you know, especially like when people get like that negative feedback of like, no, you can't be a photographer, you can't be this and that. And so they end up giving up on their creative talent. How important do you think it is to to keep going in the creative talent regardless? Uh, of yeah, talent? The,
0: first of all, I, I tell people, and, 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 and somebody told me, and I took that advice, Don't let anybody dictate what you're going to do in the future or what you want to do or what your passion is. If you have a passion on something, you figure out how to do it and go for it. Bottom line, go for it and and don't, you know, it's a classic. Don't let anybody bring you down, tell you, oh, you can't do this, like that, because it gets in their mind. Don't, don't, don't do that. You can do that. If you have the passion for it, if you have the zest for wanting to do whatever you want in the arts, in business, sports, whatever, do it and let yourself tell you, okay, I can do this or I can't do this. But don't let any external voice mm. saying you can or can't, and just keep it going, keep it going. And you know what? And the main thing is, nobody told you it was going to be easy. It's not going to be easy to right. make some things go right. It's going to be hard. Mm. So how much? Either you're going to work for it, or you're not going to work for it. Exactly. I completely. I, agree. I tell my students, work in equals work out. Simple
1: as that. I love that. I love that. And and of course, with all of it, there's always going to be a lot of mistakes coming through. That. Oh you yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I've, I've made so many mistakes, but you know, you learn from it. You learn That's from mistakes. You move on. Yeah
1: and also with um kind of everything that you've done what has probably been something that i guess pushed you back a little bit but you're glad that that happened because it helped you grow as even whether it's as a person as a musician as a film producer um what is something uh, that but you're glad that yeah there
0: was a there's a there, there's something uh that happened in the studio that was very negative uh and, and to make a long story short I, I i learned it pushed back on me in is years ago too but i learned from it and i said you know what that will never happen to me again and it never has you know and i, I learned from it to where you know uh, uh you realize it's all about growing we're going to make mistakes I see mistakes made by young musicians, and everything by older musicians, and everything. Going to make mistakes, but you learn from it and try not to do it again. And and it definitely happened to me. But I, you know, I chalked it up that that will never happen to me again. And then you just get to another level, and, and it makes you more professional, makes you more proficient, makes you more efficient, and it makes you more punctual on doing what you're doing. So you just and, learn from
1: me. And I want to ask you this: what what do you really think about taking? every opportunity that comes to you or would you not take every opportunity that comes well, to you? Well,
0: it depends. I would take every opportunity. You have to you have to sift right. through what's working for you, what's not. And that's where it comes on your research. What's going to work for you? What's best for you? Because you take every opportunity. You may waste time. You may waste money. You may get frustrated. You may get upset and everything, things that didn't work out. So do your research on everything you're about to embark on. Do your research. Just don't say, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it because you're going to bite off more than you can chew. And people get, people will expect things of you that's the thing people will you tell some people, "Hey, I'll do something they're going to expect you to do that because if you renege excuse me and, and, and you don't do it or you don't show up, then your reputation takes a big hit
1: right and, and, what, and it'll what,
0: always be attached to you so that's why you have to be very careful on what you're going to embark on what you're going to do because people will count on you to do certain things
1: right and what what, what I guess like as an artist tool, there's a lot of artists who who take a mental toll with it. As far as like, just it affects them mentally. What type of like, I guess, advice would you give them to like help their, themselves in like their mental, in terms, in their mental way of like pursuing art? In your just,
0: just I, I would say in their mental way, you know, go uh, think about and keep in mind what makes you happy. What part of the artistry makes you happy? Whether you dance, maybe whether you create art, whether you love film, whether you love music. I'll even go to sports because I played basketball when I was in college, everything. What makes you happy? And get into the mental You Understand what makes you happy and kind of get rid of all the negative things that will detract you or get, get, put, your, put yourself on a borderline, borderline depression on things. Just what makes you happy and keep with it and keep the mind on it and surround yourself with people who will make you happy because that tends to keep you more pepped up and going towards your goals. Because if you surround yourself with negative things or if you do negative things, I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, that's going to bring you down. That's mm-hmm. going to bring you down.
1: And, and so re- keep,
0: keep. go ahead.
1: Oh, and also like resources. What resources did you have? Because a lot of people think that they need to have the most like expensive or like modern type of equipment thing like that, to like produce music, make films and all that. What resources did you oh, oh,
0: have? Oh, gosh. Resources? We teach that. My, you know, one thing, if you took my class at EPCC, you learned that it not just because you have the most expensive resources or have the latest this or the latest that or all this software and everything, doesn't mean you can produce a top quality project. It's bottom line. I know people with the most minimal of software, minimal of hardware and everything that produce unbelievable music that is award-winning. Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam, who produced Janet Jackson, showed us that. Right. They had the oldest equipment, yet they had Grammy hits, made millions throughout. It's you know, yes, it's good to get the best equipment. Yes, I'm not saying don't get, get good equipment, but learn how to use that good equipment and how to apply it and how to make it work for you. You know, that's what you do. Yeah, the equipment's expensive for a reason because it can really do well for you if you know what you're doing. But just because people buy it for you or you get it and you have it and all that and it's nice and shiny doesn't mean you're going to go and create something because, you know, you, you, can, you can make something that flops just as well with good equipment exactly. and with bad equipment.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the reason I ask this, is a lot of people always say like, oh, you got lucky because you met a certain person. Or you got lucky because you have this and all that. The, the moment of the truth is that, no, you didn't get lucky. You really actually just worked on your talent and you just practiced at it.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, people, you know, luck, luck, does play. you know, you, you happen to be playing, and you run into something and it's happened to me. Uh, you ran into certain people. Yeah, it's luck. But like you said, Isaac, uh, you have to prepare yourself with the talent, with the mindset, you know, with the equipment, with your background. You know, everything to prepare yourself that when that chance comes to where somebody says, hey, I like this and that, then you're ready and everything. And you know what? Those people would not have come to you. Let me tell you a little secret. It's not necessarily that much luck. People will come to you and gravitate towards you, all the big people, when they see talent or when they see certain something in you that that they can benefit from them or, you know, some uh, they, they can make positive. So if you're if you're something that's haphazard in your talent, your style, whatever, chances are they're not going to gravitate towards you. But if you're something to where, hey, there's a talent, they will gravitate towards you. So it's not necessarily luck. you've worked hard to increase your talent and improve what you can do talent wise.
1: Exactly. And then how do you how do you see like how do you stay up with like local trends? Maybe even tying back to the whole pandemic part. Did the pandemic ever like have an adjust towards you, where like you maybe you shifted towards another gear? Did the pandemic ever like affect you in any way, where like you you just did something else due to the pandemic?
0: Uh yes and no. Uh, the pa- I will say this: the pandemic of last year, practically all of last year, shut us down. I was doing zero zero playing. Yeah, but what it the good thing about it, Isaac, is the film. I said okay. Not, not gigging, not, not, you know, we, of course, everybody lost, you know, we all lost. Everybody. But what I did is I, I, I got the good software, everything, and I worked on my film, Warlord 3. It, it, the, the, the good thing that came out is I did a lot of editing, a lot of stuff, created a lot of music for my film. And that's why I'm prepared to present it uh, yeah. uh, and, and now. But it helped me now that I was locked into my computer. I just worked. I just worked. So it gave me a lot of time. So that, that was a good thing. However, I missed playing. It Mm -hmm. kind of messed with me emotionally because I was like, God, I need to play. And finally we got to play and and we did it. But man, it it was a tough year last year on um, not playing and everything. But I did a lot of work as far as for the film.
1: Yeah. And that's something that we try to do when we were like during the whole pandemic. We try to do like this virtual concert series where like we would invite artists out to like a certain location. We did
0: that. We did two virtual concerts. Yeah.
1: And I feel like that had a lot of help because it did affect a lot of people. Um, another thing that I kind of want to see is like, how did you stay up with local trends? How do you keep going and like pursuing? And also what would you really recommend or not just recommend, but suggest for like anybody starting out with either industry, the music or the filmmaking side, what is the first thing you would recommend for them to learn or to get, um,
0: you know, you know, you know, the first thing is learn, learn, learn the basics. You know, good software is not going to make you know the film or no music. All it is, good software just allows you to do things digitally. But if you want to step the trend of everything, learn the basic of what makes good film. Watch film, a uh, uh, watch, uh, 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 listen to directors, listen to actors of why they have their passion and what they do. This is all grassroots, all grassroots. It's not about software. First of all, you have to learn of. You know what makes a good film? Why the actors do what they do? Why the directors do what they do? Why uh, uh, film writers do what they do? Why do they write films? Why do they need to show films and everything? What's the whole bottom line of why this film is here? Why are we watching this film?
1: Now, would you learn agree, that? Would you agree that it's a lot of practice and nothing's ever perfect?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of practice, a lot of watching, a lot of learning, and 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 now I'm to the point where I love it. I still like to watch film, talk to director or, or uh, uh, listen to directors um find out what their passion is uh you know now that we have online and we have cable and or you know streaming and all that you yeah. can do that and and see what's there read about them all that but learn the passion then when you learn the passage and then i would say the next step is become an apprentice go on some sets uh maybe help out a director or producer and everything and see how it's made right. whether it's an independent or a major see how it's made same thing with music you mm-hmm. know learn the music learn the artist learn the pa- practice of course practice practice and uh, And then understand, you know, that you have a talent for something before you want to make it public. Because we see a lot of people that, you know, they say, okay, they think they've arrived, but they haven't really, you know, uh, did anything or practiced or learned their their craft. And then when they start doing something, it ends up like, uh, you know,
1: it it ain't right.
0: It it, it ain't right. And not that I'm perfect in everything, but man, I try my best to try to put out whether it's music, Isaac, on my next album or all my music or whatever. Or it's film, I try my best within the resources that I have mm. to put out the best product I can. Yeah, you know, I, the best product, and and understand the culture, of what's going on. You don't have to stay too much on the cutting edge, but you have to understand what's selling. What are people watching these days? What's the heartbeat versus what are they watching yesterday? Year. It's good to be classic, but you want to make sure you stay within the culture of what people are watching uh, today, right? And everything or listening to for that matter and that's those are different sounds and everything you know different film techniques different different shots etc etc etc
1: well what do you think about okay so three different questions i have here and they're all to certain aspects it's pride and ego and how do you how, what would you advise people to, who have like a lot of ego it's much pride that they think that their project is either the best and they won't listen to anybody's advice what do you kind of see You know, with, what,
0: it's, a, it's good to have an ego I, I say it's good to have an ego and everything like that but realize that it works both ways, okay? Yes. You, you may have an ego to think that think you're best, but there's there's a, crit, a critical audience out there that's going to give it to you back honestly. You may right. not always like what you hear, and mm-hmm. I've, I've been on that side too. I've been on that side. You just learn to take it and hopefully you absorb it and learn how to make yourself better. Feedback and how did you helped.
1: deal with that? Like, how did you deal with both the negative and the positive feedback?
0: Uh, I listened to both. You know, the pod, I just accent on both. Accent on the positive of what people liked about my music, about what I did in films. And then on the negative, try to see, okay, try to see their way of how can it be better for that audience? Is that your audience? And how do you want to make it? Some people, you know, just be negative, just be negative, and you have to learn how to sift that. But yeah. people will have some good constructive stuff to say, and you say, yeah, okay, see it from their point of view on what, because uh, that, that you know, uh, that's the thing. I was like, even with music, I always, when I mix and everything, do it, I always, Bounces off producers or people that know my music. What do you think? And they'll be brutally honest with me. And then nine times out of ten, okay, we'll make this adjustment, changes like that. Same thing with film. Absolutely. Same thing with film. Just because you're a director, yeah, you have final say. But it's good to get opinions from everybody to see how they see it. Right. You know. Yeah. So, but I absorb it. I take it. Uh, uh, I use it as feedback. You know, if they're respectful, respectful crit- criticism, respectful. You don't want people just to say something just to spout off venom. You know, you don't need that. Disrespectful, you absorb that say okay you know and uh uh and, and most time it's very much respectable criticism on everything you know my stuff the, the, the film i will let you know Borderlands Three is not going to be perfect mm-hmm. i'll let you get, know that right now mm-hmm. you know then again you let me know a film that is i see a whole bunch of star wars back there i love star wars but not all those star wars films were no. perfect
1: and that's why i keep going back to nothing is really yeah. perfect it's perfect for yeah. who the artist is because that's that's a whole mm-hmm. definition of art and creativity it's that you're able yeah. to just make the imperfectness of everything.
0: Yeah, and, and 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 George Lucas, he knew that. You know, he accented on what people like it. People like the story. People yeah. like the characters. That's why I see a stormtrooper. That's why I see Darth Vader. That's yeah. why I see Boba Fett or the Mandalorian. Is it the Mandalorian? Or Bo- that's Boba Fett. All right.
1: Mandalorian. Yeah, Darth Vader and Mandalorian. Them.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, uh, and that's so the, it, the positive is the characters are amazing in Star Wars. I love them too. You know, all that stuff. You know, but 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 the negatives, I saw George Ware got the criticism, you know, the story this, why do you have this character, Jar Jar Binks, blah, 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 you know, but he learned. He learned on what to make within the story to make it more appealing and to grow his audience, you know, because he has a core of people who really like Star Wars. Just like the Border Lords, we have a core of people who like our story, who like our story, and we build on This is how we build on the positive to how to make that core bigger and bigger and bigger. It's not going to always, there's going to be negatives, but that's how you learn. And George Lucas learned he's now worth like four or five billion dollars. I think he learned. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure he learned. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So.
1: And so also the last two questions, and I really wanted to get your opinion on this is what is your version of success? What do you think success, the term itself means to you?
0: Uh, Success, uh, me, to me, having good satisfaction and people coming up to me and say, you know, we like smiles on people's face on whether it's music, live performance, or of course, my films. Saying, having good positive, because I know that kind of affirms that, you know, all the work that you put into it, and there's a lot of work involved, all the work you put into it means something. You know, and we can go on on all this until the end of our lives on something, you know, provided we can do it, of, of making people happy because we're artists, we're artists, and, we, and and artists, we're out there. Our purpose for artists is to make humanity happy, to put a smile on humanity's face and put culture on it, okay? There's exactly. artists and there's politicians. I try to do that, okay? I like the artistry because you know what politicians do. You mm-hmm. know, but artists, we're there to make people happy and give them some sense of culture and happiness in their lives. And that's what I try to do with my music or with my film. And bottom the, line, the bottom, bottom line, the world success. World. Once, once, once I do that, I am successful. I'm successful. Yes, it can be mean, you know, finance, money and all that. Yes, it can be, be that, you know, but to me, it's just having people be happy and everything and, and, and me having enough financial success that allowed me to keep on doing it over and over and over.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And then that last question I really, really wanted to ask you and I know it helps a lot of people as compared to where you're at right now, what is something that you wish you would have known when you first got started?
0: You know, uh, uh, you know, kind of dealing with people, dealing with certain people, uh, knowing the background of where they're coming from instead of me going one way that way, but that's, that's kind of weird, but it's, it's just, you know, the only people but you learn, you learn how to approach people, learn how to see who's, more or less a good support part should be part of your support system and who shouldn't be uh, you could, you you know what? I wish my radar, there it is. I wish my radar 20, 30 years ago was a little bit stronger on people. Yeah. Now my radar, I got to admit, my, not perfect, but my radar is pretty strong on what's good for me and what's not good for me. My radar is pretty strong on that. And, so, and you, you'll save time, save money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. All
1: that. All and that. time's important. Especially when you're pursuing any different projects, time times is an essence. And so, what, what's what's next for you? Uh, give yourself a little shout out. You know, you know. Okay. What, uh,
0: well, what what's next for me? Since you asked, can I share the screen? By the way.
1: Go for it. Yeah, I think so.
0: What's see. next for me? Since you're, you've asked, there you is uh, there? You see it? Yep. Yes, sir. Borderlord Three is my my next film that's going to be premiering Thursday, December twenty third at the Plaza Theater. Tickets you can buy tickets at the Volkov office, and soon you'll be able to buy it online. And uh, yeah, that's next for me. I'll be, that, I'll be concerning myself with that for the next, uh, all the way through the rest of the year. And then uh, I'm gonna take a break because this takes a lot of work uh, and start working on uh, uh, my sax player, Neff Milan and his album. He's yeah. an incredible saxophonist. He needs to be working on his for 2022. And then my album will probably start late 2022, 2023, working on my 17th, Isaac, my 17th album
1: dang that, that's an amazing achievement
0: oh guys it's, it's a lot of work man a lot of work
1: it is and that that's the, i guess that's the whole time you know
0: what i love it every single album i love it it's exactly. a lot of fun and i get to use some of the world's best musicians that's a good that's the fun part exactly you know, i got a lot of friends in la new york dallas houston chicago i used i get to use some of the world's best musicians i love it i love it
1: you just gotta love what you do it's, it all comes down to mm-hmm. that you're not loving what you're doing yeah. you think of it as work but it's not working mm-hmm. the fact that you're at your what is it 17th yeah, exactly. or 18th uh, my seventeenth yeah, album, yeah, yeah. The fact that you're there, that means it's, it's it's amazing. It's amazing for you. Oh yeah,
0: and and you know what? Every album I put out, like I said, I put out a plan. I get my passion for it, everything, and it just becomes more fun. And I I look back so wow, and it gets better. You know, technology gets better. We use we're unfortunate of my producer, music yeah. producer George Ware. He's a beta tester for these companies that put out software and he has the world's best software for producing yeah. music. And I get to use that. So I'm fortunate, you know, I'm fortunate and lucky, you know, <laughs> that, uh, you know, he has the best software out there. So our album sound great.
1: Mm. Really and when, great. You, when you look back at everything that you've done, what goes in your head? What do you think about?
0: Uh, I think, you know, uh, 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 I think about my parents who are not here mm. to see the things that, you know, see the things that I've done, especially in the last 10 to 15 years. Yeah. That's what I think about. You know, I wish they were here to see it and everything, because they when when they were alive, they supported me like crazy. Yeah. And they would be going crazy with all the stuff that's been going on over the last ten to fifteen years with me. So that's what I look back on. But you know what? I do have great family here to yeah. support me, and um, you know, I just look back on the fun times that we did, and you know, and 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 to, just to put together my music, my films, and everything. You know, you look back, but you know, I, I look towards the future too. There's a lot of good things on the horizon too.
1: Exactly. And would you agree that having a big support system is is key? Oh, yeah. God, yes. You need
0: it. You need it. You need it. You know, good good support system on everything and and keeping good contact with that support system because that's going to keep you going forward.
1: Exactly. Well, Billy, I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. We're looking for your Border Lords movie. I'm excited for that Mm. one. I'm going to go check it out. So definitely, I appreciate it so much. And yeah, (laughs) Mm. appreciate it. And thank
0: you for having me uh, on this El Paso Creators podcast. Uh, It's really a lot of fun. And uh, anytime, man, anytime,
1: just give me a heads up anytime. Awesome, Billy. Thank you so much for being on. All right. Thank you very very much, Isaac. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.